thank you so much for for your obedience with uh with the giving q uh stay stay with me for a few moments please hallelujah um it's that time again for the word i hope you are hungry believe there is a word from the lord for us to to conversate about to dive in on to chew on for for a little bit uh this this sub series within the the overall theme of gifted has has it been has it been blessing you talk to me online as well can't see it right now but i will see it has has it been has it been blessing us just the the understanding that all people all people all people who come into the earth but for sure those of us that are made alive uh, within the kingdom and have the spirit of god resonating within us all of us have been gifted in some shape way or form and that gift is to be utilized like I, that that's the number one thing that i need everybody who is listening to this and joining in with this conversation whether you join in on sundays or you catch pastor ab and myself on wednesday night as we've been talking about it i need us to understand and to walk with a real sense of confidence that you are gifted God has invested something in you and like any investor has a full right to expect a return on the investment. No good investor puts something out there and doesn't have some sense of expectation that I'm going to get something back. That makes no sense. It makes no sense to be an investor if that's my thought process. I only invest because I know that when it comes back to me, it's going to come back to me in a greater way than when I let it go. So good. Don't give it back to God the way he gave it to you. Because then the Lord has full right to ask me the question, why did I give it to you? Jermaine, why would why did I give that to you and you gave it right back to me the same way I gave it to you? My whole intention as investing in you was that you were going to cause something to happen with it. Make it grander. Make it bigger. Make it produce more. But in the, in the process of that, there, there, there is this, this chasm, there's this space, which is where we're going today. Because we're still in the gifted conversation, but I want to turn a little bit. Because our, our, our topic for today is in the meantime. Mm -hmm. In the meantime. I've been gifted. I've been called. I've been anointed. I got it. No doubt about it, I got it. But what happens in the meantime, that space, in between what I know God has promised, what I know God said, what I know is coming to pass, and the actual manifestation of that. In the meantime, everybody's got meantime. No matter who you are, we all have meantime. But let's conversate today on what it is that we need to be doing with that meantime. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. 
for this time that we have come again to gather together amongst the saints. Thank you for your goodness toward us. God, you're so good. You're so good. We thank you that one moment in your presence can shift everything. Can shift everything. We thank you for your presence that is in our midst right now and, and came in our time of worship and just loved on us and washed over us, purified and cleansed us. Now that we've come upon this time in the Word, we thank you for the strength that is about to be added. The grass wither, the flower fades, but it is the Word of the Lord that will stand forever. Everything else can be shifty and everything else can move from underneath me, but it is the Word of God that I know that I can stand on and know that what it is that you have promised is coming to pass, has come to pass, is coming to pass, will come to pass. And we thank you for that great power locked in the word that is about to be released. I thank you, God, that questions are about to be answered. I thank you, God, that things are about to be unlocked within us. I thank you, God, that emotions are about to be calmed. I thank you that questions are about to be answered. I thank you that, that minds are about to be regulated. I thank you that hearts are about to be restored. I thank you, God, that tears will flow within this time. Those of us who need the soothing balm that is alive within your word, when we hear something from you, the sheep are about to hear your voice. To Holy Spirit, we make space and room for you. You are the master teacher. You are the master preacher. Nobody, no one does it better than you. Much, much better preacher than I could ever be. So I submit myself to you. Help me preach this the same way that you gave it to me. Nothing more, nothing less. And may all of us, every family online, every family represented in this room, including the one holding the microphone, let us all walk away strengthened by what it is that you will say to us. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. 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 In the meantime, in the meantime, thank you, thank you guys. Let's go to, uh, I got a few, few different um, texts that we're going to look at uh, just, just from a topical standpoint of, of in the meantime. Let's roll to Matthew 25 first. Matthew chapter 25, looking at uh, verses 14 to 18. I'm going to be uh, in the Passion Translation for this particular text. The rest of them will be uh, in, in um, New King James. In the meantime, in the meantime. It is absolutely imperative that I make sure that I spend my meantime appropriately. If mean time is not spent appropriately, I can forfeit myself out of what it is that I know that I've heard. I can cause massive frustration to come upon me with, within the meantime. And out of that frustration, if I'm not careful, I will allow that frustration to start trying to talk me out of what I know I have heard. So this is why it, it is just absolutely imperative that we have to make sure that that, that meantime is, is spent appropriately. Matthew 25, let's, let's look at it a little bit. 
See, see what we're saying. Matthew 25, verse 14 to 18. Again, heaven's kingdom realm is like the wealthy man who went on a long journey and summoned all his trusted servants and assigned his financial management over to them. Verse 15. Before he left on his journey, he entrusted a bag of 5,000 gold coins to one of his servants to another a bag of 2,000 gold coins, and to the third a bag of 1,000 gold coins, each according to his ability to manage. Okay? The one entrusted with 5,000 coins immediately went out and traded with the money, and he doubled his investment. 17, in the same way, the one with, uh, who was entrusted with 2,000 gold coins traded, uh, with the psalm and likewise double his investment, 18. But the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins dug a hole in the ground and buried the master's money. Give me, uh, give me verse 15. Let's just, let's just walk it down. Just walk it down let the Bible talk to us. So before this master left on his journey, he entrusted the bags 5,000. Uh, to one bag of 2,000 gold coins to another, 1,000 gold coins to another, each according to his ability to manage. Now, with meantime, if everyone, everyone on the planet, I, I said it earlier before I prayed, everybody's got meantime. Everybody, since everybody has been gifted, everyone has a gift. And everyone has an assignment that has been attached to the gift that I have been given. But in that space between what it is that I have heard, where it is that I know I am going, there is a meantime that should be being worked that is causing a development on what it is that I have. We can see that within this verse because, first of all, these servants, logically speaking, had to grow up. They didn't pop out as adults. They didn't pop out just within this text, just as we read. We got to make sure that like, we think holistically and think logically as we're reading the Bible. These guys had to have grown up. Now, we know that by the way that God works, gifts and callings are uh, without repentance and are irrevocable. So they got the gift before they showed up. So they showed up, they're on the birthing table, whatever it was at that time. They grow up, they're, they're young men, they grow, they grow up to become servants. Each of them in those in that small stage as a little boy and growing up as a man have these abilities that are locked within them. And in having these abilities that are locked within them, each of them has has an ability. They have something that is working within them, yet we see that there's one of them, as you read the story, he does not exercise what it is that he has been given. Doesn't exercise it. Doesn't utilize it. Doesn't put to work what it is that he has. Now, perhaps he might have looked at it and said that it was something that wasn't important enough. It was something that wasn't sexy enough it didn't get enough attention it, it it didn't get whatever whatever the case may be whatever it is that would cause me to look at what it is that i have and despise it as if it is not something that can be properly utilized we were warned against that in zechariah despise not the day 
of small beginnings. But rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. Don't, don't despise the fact that something might start start in a small state of stage or start in a small type of way because these guys did not start out being entrusted with this kind of money. You got to show me you can manage a dollar. Show me you can manage pocket change. Show me that, that you know what you started with on Monday and then by Monday of the, the date of a month later, you can tell me where everything went. See what I'm saying? The, they, they had to have some kind of exercise and some kind of utilization of the gift. And I meant to say this before I started. If you have a teenager at the house, if, you got, if you've got 10-year-old and up at the house, you need to have them in front of this right now. Because this kind of message is imperative to our younger generation. Because our younger generation wants to be up front and wants to have something but a lot of them don't want to put in any kind of work. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm above you now. I'm a, I'm a little older, so, like, I can, I can just let it rock like this. I've got to put in a little bit. I'm not an old guy, but I put in a little bit. I got some miles on me. I've heard that said. I'm not old, but I got some miles on me. I got some miles and seen some things and whatnot. You, you have to have some sense of work ethic that goes along with an ability that you've been given. So these guys, had they had to show, go, go, go back to, to the verse, uh, go back to 17, I think it was. 17, 61 of them. But anyway, they, they had to show that master that, that they had some sense of ability that they had, uh, that they knew what they were doing, they knew what they had, they knew what they were working with, and that, that space of them being in the beginning and them getting to this point where we're seeing 5,000 gold coins, 2,000 gold coins, 1,000 gold coins, this opportunity being given to them, that space in between is that meantime. Meantime. Now, now, brother who got 5,000 and brother who got 2,000, perhaps may have been dreaming of a day like this to come, but they too still had to walk through meantime. And that space in between as far as what are you doing to develop what it is that you have. Because one thing within, within our faith we, we can have this propensity to think that if, that if I just release prayer and release decree and release declare, that that will be enough within the ability. But there's a proverb that says, do you see a man that excels in his work? He will stand before kings and, and not stand before unknown people. So that means that there's an expectation that the Lord has upon me to be able to utilize and put in on the work that I know that I have been given. And within our faith, there are a lot of us who will just lift up decree and then we don't want to put in any kind of work. We will lift up our faith, but I won't go and put any work. And we know from James, he let us know very clearly that faith without a work, a matching work, you, you short circuit what you're going after. You make it dead you make it dead pray i mean a uh, faith without works is dead i you you say that you have faith i say i have works i'll show you my faith by my works 
There's an element of me putting in work. There's an element of me putting in uh, the exercise, the necessary exercise of whatever it is that God has given to me, however it is I've been gifted. I can prove that I got faith in God by how I handle the gift. By how I handle the gift. God's called me to be a writer. Show me a chapter. God's called me to the league, NFL, NBA, MLB, name it. Show me your practice schedule. Show me the drills you run. What time you wake up. God's called me to be an entrepreneur. God's called me into the millionaire club. I'm rising. I'm getting up there. Okay. Business plan, please. Matter of fact, how are you on the job right now? Are you on time? Are you an asset? Are you progressive in an initiative taken? Like, like if you left what they miss you, it's quiet in here, so I know it's quiet at your house. I told y'all these messages are practical. These, these are not preaching your preaching the house down trying to give you some heavy revelation this is not that this is not that this is practicality because in me me moving and exercising in this way this is me handling the meantime appropriately so that when manifestation comes of what i know god has said it's not a shock to me i've been working toward this I'm excelling in my work so that when I stand before kings, I know what I'm saying. I know what I'm saying. I know what I'm doing. And their presence does not intimidate me. I was born for this. I act like I belong in the room. Come on, Elder Johnny. I act like I belong in the room. This room was built for me. This space was built for me. I know what it is I need to say. I know what it is that I need to do. Now, some of us, within, just within that, those statements right there, you heard that as arrogant. You heard that as me being full of myself. But see, what, what that is, is we, we, we within the body don't have a healthy sense of what actual humility is. Actual humility, let me make sure I say it right. Actual humility is not thinking less of myself. It is thinking of myself less. It's not me thinking less of myself. It's me thinking of myself less. Meaning what? I don't downplay myself. I don't downplay what I got. But what I do is I know what I have and know to such a confidence that I don't always have to be the center of attention. So I can play the background. Why? I know what I got. I know who it is that he has made me to be. That happens as I allow that development to happen within the meantime. Now, let me, make sure, let me make sure I stay on course. Let me make sure I stay on course. 
They were not born great in their ability. The master could not have seen them work their ability then. They had to have had some kind of real-life situations where the master saw them working their ability. There was some in the meantime where they started small and had to continue to press and show that they were growing within the ability that they'd been given. And they all had ability. Now, this too, this, this one, this one, this one was just blessed my soul when the Lord showed me this months ago. That so many times when we, when we read this scripture, in fact, in this one, it said, give me a uh, 16. Give me 16. Yes, 16 and 17. So the one entrusted with 5,000 gold coins immediately went out and traded with the money and he doubled his investment. Stop right there. That comma right there can just mess you up. Trust with 5,000 coins, immediately went out, traded with the money, comma, and doubled the investment. But I, I, I want to interject something here because I'm, I'm very familiar with the world of trading. And very, very rarely do you immediately go out and go straight up we're talking real world here. You confident? You got what you got? You go out. You might go up. And doggone it, you shoot down. And then you rise up. And then you go down. And then you rise way up. And it's good. You feel like it couldn't get no better. But then there's this staircase. Meaning what? We cannot think because you gotta remember the bible is about real life this is real life situations these are real life people these are not stories these are real people that god put within the text and these fellas for me to think that they just went straight up can make me feel that since my life ain't that pretty perhaps my ability just don't quite work the same but i think that it would do us well to understand that just because it's not necessarily put in here doesn't mean that those brothers did not suffer loss. That in my journey and in the meantime, that in the journey of development of what God has given, I might suffer some loss. I might run up on hard situations. I might run up on hard things. I might run up on hard moments and hard times and things I didn't see coming. I might have to deal with something I did not see coming. I had no idea. I have no kind of training for how to deal with that, but it's here, so I got to deal with it. You might suffer some loss, but check it. In the end, by the time the master has returned and by the time it's time to show forth what he got, he doubled the investment. He doubled the investment. Give me 17. Same thing happened with the brother with 2,000. Same way, the one who's a trust with 2,000 gold coins traded with the sum. Likewise, double his investment. 18. We're going to pull out the problem with him, and then we're going to move on to uh, 1 Samuel 16. But the one who'd been entrusted 1,000 gold coins did what? Excuse me. Dug a hole in the ground, buried his master's Money. Now, I just pulled out the, these uh, four scriptures because th these were the only ones that I really just wanted to pull out. I would need us to remember that the issue with this brother is the fact that all of you have ability. Somebody's not exercising their ability 
And in that exercise and ability, you know that you know the story as you keep reading down. The master gets ticked and calls him in one translation, wicked, wicked and lazy servant. It is a sign of wickedness to not exercise an ability you've been given. That's the text. Don't get mad at me. That's the text. The text says and implies that it is absolute wickedness. Wickedness comes from where? The enemy. It is a sign of being a part, being uh, 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 at least influenced, thank you, Lord, being influenced by the enemy for me not to exercise an ability and a gift that I have been given by God to sit on it in the name of safety. To sit on it in the name of, well, I, I just didn't want to mess up. I just, I, just, I just wasn't sure. That unsurety and that passiveness is not from God. Why? Because I haven't been given a spirit of timidity. That, timid, that timidness in approach toward life, that doesn't come from God. What is that? Second, somebody help me. Second Timothy 1.7, I believe it is. That God, that God hasn't given us what? Spirit of fear, but power, love, and sound-mindedness. That, that word fear, that can be replaced with uh, timidity, intimidation. That doesn't come from God. That indecisiveness that makes me scared as to whether I'm going to win or lose or what somebody going to think about what it is that I'm doing. That is not a manifestation of the Spirit of God. A manifestation of the Spirit of God being within me is I know what I got. I know that I've been gifted. So in this meantime between what it is that God has said to me and what it is that I am going, I'm going to work and develop this gift, work and develop what it is that I have so that that it's something that I can show to God in a different form than what it is that he gave it to me in. As I'm growing in excellence, as I'm growing in my professionalism and what it is that I have, this is how the kingdom, remember, all this conversation is about the kingdom. This is how the kingdom is manifest within the earth. This is not about good behavior. This is not about being good, good little boys and good little girls. This is about kingdom domination. Because we need professionals and and skill and people who are absolutely confident in what they do, who they do it in the name of, going and representing the king in the different spheres and systems of our world. That's you. That's you. That's me. It must be done. That's how the kingdom is able to get forth in there. So we tracking? We tracking? Y'all quiet on me. Y'all making me a little nervous. Okay, y'all almost y'all almost look like my kids when I'm getting on to them. <laughs> both both of them have have the most just terrible look. Like he upset with us again, but it don't be like that. It's just it's just passion. It's it's a passion because. For so long, within within church context, the the aura, if you will, has been that you're only gifted if you do this, and I I hate that. I absolutely hate that. I do not stand for that. I do not believe in that. I will not associate with any kind of fellowship or anything that gives that implication. I'm not cut from that. 
I am about absolutely 100% empowering all who follow this ministry. If you call this your home, it, it is our duty. It is mine and Pastor Ashley and every other leader that we have here. It is our duty. Our biblical job description is equipping saints for the work of ministry. That's Ephesians 4. That's my one job description. Given what? Equipment. So that wherever ministry or wherever it is that you've been called to serve, you got the equipment you need to do it and do it well. Because this is the only way that the kingdom is going to break forth within the earth. Kingdom is not just church lingo. It is a domination of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. Not God so loved the church. He didn't die for the church. He died for the world. The cosmos. That's that word world. The cosmos. The cosmos. The systems. Everything that is good. The universe. Space. The astronomical system. All of that is inclusive within the world. He died and gave the son. And the son gave his life. Gave his blood and brought redemption. So that all of that could be brought back into divine order. That's the call that you got. That's why this thing is so much bigger than church. And it's so much bigger than you having good church attendance and being a good person and behaving yourself. That is so low level. This is about the systems of the world being dominated by the Spirit of God. We got work to do, fam. We got work to do. And your gift is a necessary component of making that happen. Stop hollering at him, Jermaine. I'm sorry. I'm just passionate. Give me uh, 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16. This is, this is a fam famous text. This is David being anointed as king. It's a pretty interesting uh, verse, though, that we need to pull out, conversate about a little bit. 1 Samuel 16, starting at verse 1, uh, verses 1 to 13. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your home with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehem. Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king amongst his sons. Verse 2. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Verse 3. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me the one I name to you. Verse 4, so Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, do you come peaceably? And he said, peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Stop right there. There's just one thing I saw this week. I was like, I, I got to bring this up with this I never saw this before but this entire mission was an undercover operation an undercover operation I'd never seen that before the fact that Samuel said 
I, I can't do this. If Saul, if Saul hears, he's going he's gonna to kill me. He's going to kill me if he hears that I am going to, to get his replacement. And the Lord says, well, just turn it into, turn it into an offering. Showing what? That the enemy, that, that your enemy does not have as great of an insight into the wherewithal and the intricate details of your life as you might think. Some of us give the devil way too much credit. Some of us give the enemy way too much credit. The Lord pulled a covert operation because he said, I'm going to get done. I'm going to get done what I got to get done. I already, I found for myself a king. I found for myself the next one who's coming in line. So however it is that we got to get it done, I'm going to get it done. So Samuel says, Lord, I want to do what it is that you're calling me to do, but I'm scared. That's okay. We're going to just cover this thing and shield it in something else because of what? I'm going to hide and keep away from the enemy what it is that I don't want him to know. If I want him to know, I'll, I'll allow him to come in. Woo! Same thing with Job. Where, where have you been, Satan? Running to and fro about the earth and trying to see who it is that I could devour. Have you considered my servant Job? Well, yeah, I did, but there's something called this shield of protection that you put around him that no matter how hard I would try, I can't get past that thing. And just know that if the same thing happened with Job and the same thing is happening within this case with David and, and the whole operation of anointing him is being shielded and covert from the enemy why would you think that God would not have his hand on your life in such a capacity that he would just allow the enemy to make fun of you no weapon formed against you will be able to prosper any tongue that will rise against you shall be condemned he cannot do what he wants to do he cannot just come in and out of your life if God allows it it is because he is employing what the enemy is doing to elevate your life You cannot just be the laughing stock of the enemy and just be his punching bag for no reason. Don't work like that. Don't work like that. Let us not forget the enemy is an employee. He's an employee. He's on payroll. He don't come and go like he want to. Your payroll, clock in. I need you to go to work. Your time is done. Clock out. See you later. The enemy does not just have whatever kind of access. So you've been thinking that? Be set free by the word. Be set free by the word because it's just not true. Anything that he does... It's documented. It's annotated. I know exactly what's going on. I know exactly where he is. I know exactly what it is that he's doing, God says. And if I got him working, rest assured he's working for me. That was so good. I just had to share that. I know I was in the middle of reading scripture, but I just had to, I had to do that. All right. Verse 5. All right, so, so, so the Lord, so uh, there's a covert operation. Samuel has uh, come before the, uh, the elders. They asked, do you come peaceably? He said, Peace, verse 5, he said, peaceably, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he comes to the
Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Verse 6, so, so it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before me. This is the first son of Jesse that has come before him because Samuel doesn't know exactly which son it is. He just knows that it's one of the sons of Jesse. So this is the first one, Eliab, that comes before him. Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Another message for another day. Verse 8. I'm going to leave that one alone. Verse 8. So Jesse called Abinadab, made him pass before Samuel. He said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Next verse. Then Jesse made Shema pass by. He said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass by before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Verse 11. Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest. There he is keeping the sheep. Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him. We will not sit down till he comes. Well, that sit down calls me like turn, turn away. Or in other words, we're not going to not pay attention till he comes. Verse 12. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ready, bright eyes, good looking, good looking brother. The Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. My verse right here. Read all of that. Get to here. Samuel takes the horn of oil. Anoints him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose and went to Ramah. Spirit of, leave it right there. Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brothers. Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Samuel arose and went to Ramah. So here we are looking at second king, the second king of Israel being chosen. It is David that is chosen to replace Saul. David is a young man when he is anointed, showing that just look, looking when you look throughout his history. Uh, just in the Psalms and whatnot and the research that's able to be done, we know that he was that he was a shepherd. Not only was he a shepherd, he was also a skilled skilled musician. So prior to in in the reign of Saul, uh just in, in his time growing up, prior to this situation, we've got a musician and a shepherd. We got a musician and a shepherd who has gone through some rough moments, some hard times within his upbringing. We know that his father didn't look at him in the same way that he looked at the other sons. It is uh, suggested by theologians that that could be perhaps because uh, David was an Ill illegitimate child. He, he, was, he was born out of wedlock, and so therefore his father did not uh, think, think the highest of him, although that was an action of his father, but that's once again another message for another day. But anyway, he's, he's not treated the same way that he is. So he's got this time of being shepherd, being shepherd, 
be a musician. This, this, is, this is his call. This is his gift. This is what it is that he's been called to do. There comes this time for the, for the anointing of the next king to happen. And he receives that anointing for, for the kingship uh, of, of next king. So let me see here. I'm going to write, write down here. So you've got, let's see. Let's just say, sheepfold. He's keeping sheep. He's doing what it is that he got to do. Same thing he's been called to do. Get out there, keep those sheep. That was not uh, a a task of royalty. That was not a task that you look forward to. That was not a task that was given to you because you are such a good person and I think so high of you. That was the, what what is it that he can do to get him out of our face? I don't want to see him. Keep him out there with the sheep. So he's taking care of that. He, he gets the oil poured upon him, which is reflective of the Spirit of God coming upon him. Because you still got verse 13? Right? Yeah, yeah. So the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. It come, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him as a result of the oil that is poured upon him, which is a result of the next, the next dimension he's been called to. He only got the oil because the oil was supposed to go to the one who's the next in line for king. So when he gets, everybody knows that. So when the oil hits the head of David, it is automatically the sign that he is the next one who is to take the throne. So in being that sign has been given, the oil's pouring on him, shows that, all right, this is God's man. The spirit of the Lord comes upon him from that day. Okay, so from that day that the oil hit him, Spirit of God comes upon him from that day forward. Now, history tells us that he, the, the, the whole representation of that day was to find the next king. Oil hits him. He doesn't take the throne to 15 years later. Fifteen years after the oil has hit my head, I actually sit in the seat that the oil even came to me for. The oil comes to say, you're the next one to rule. But he doesn't actually start ruling, start legislating, start, start moving in the way of a king till 15 years later. Now, in that meantime, In the meantime of 15 years, where does he go? Right back to the sheep. Bruh, bruh gets an entire, an entire ceremony set up just for him. Receives the oil, receives the affirmation, receives the hand of God, receives the spirit of God that comes upon him. And then right, in, right after that happens, right after that consecration, right after that ordination, he does not get to preach. He goes right back into the sheepfold. Anointed, heavy with the spirit of God, shoveling dung. Just as anointed as anybody else, Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And we know in text, you can look in the scripture and see what happened in the many miraculous and amazing feats that people did when the Spirit of God came upon them. Spirit of God came upon Samson. He took the jawbone of a donkey and slayed a thousand people. 
Spirit of the Lord came upon him again. He caught 300 foxes, tied their tails together, set them on fire, and let them go through the Philistine camp. Takes up the gates of an entire city and takes them up a mountain. Yet David gets the spirit upon him. And God say, all right, them sheep need watching. Them sheep need tending to. We don't want the wolves to get them. The sheep need tending to. Why? Because there was something about the test of David. Well, God says, I need to see how you handle this. Is sheep watching above you now? Beneath you, excuse me. Is sheep watching beneath you? Is, is, is sheep watching no longer? Something that you can find yourself doing? Shoveling dung beneath you now? Shearing, protecting, fixing the broken leg of the sheep? That's something that are, are you so gifted? There's just certain things you just won't find yourself doing no more. Remember, an exercise of humility. Me thinking of myself less. No matter how many times I clean the toilets here, do it happily. Why? So I'm just as anointed there as I am right now. And in the meantime, you, you know what helps me? You know what helps me do this in confidence? You, you, you know what helps me be able to be effective in this? Absolutely it is the spirit of God. Absolutely is the time of study that I put in. But it's scrubbing those toilets. It's vacuuming this floor. It's cutting this grass. It's shearing these bushes. That's what helps this moment be effective. That's what helps the power of God be released in these moments, in this time like that. And you sense what you sense in your home, and we sense what we sense right now. All of that has to do with it. All of it has to do with it. And in any time, if I were to get into a place where I lose that edge of humility and I say to God that that is beneath me, I'm not doing that anymore. Guarantee it will shift in here and we will know something has departed. Something that we once had has left us. Because Pastor Isaiah, Pastor Jermaine, just they got above themselves. That doesn't mean that as we grow, that certain systems and things come into place where we don't have to do that anymore. But if I come into myself because of my own spirit and say that I will not, because I just don't do things like that, that's me not being willing to care for the sheep anymore. That's me not being willing to be faithful within the moments that I have of being faithful over few. 
because the Spirit of God came upon him from that day forward. So that means he out there in the pasture with the Spirit of God on him. It didn't leave. It didn't become more dense when he took the throne. Spirit of God came upon him from that day forward. So every day of his life from that day, Spirit of God is resting upon him. Yet 15 years pass until he takes the throne. So he's out back on the, on the backside of mountains. Nobody knows of him still until he takes care of Goliath. Nobody knows of him still, yet he's still. I ha, I've been gifted. I've been called. I've been anointed. Yet God's given me this in the meantime. What are you doing with your in the meantime? Am I being faithful with it? Am I doing all that I can to keep flowing and excelling in my work, excelling in my gift, and excelling in what it is that I have and what God has given to me? Am I utilizing it to the fullness? Well, I'm waiting for Samuel to come and anoint me so I can get out of here. Waiting to be spotted, waiting, waiting for my chance, waiting for my big shot so I can get out of here. Not knowing that you could be called right back into the pasture. You could be called right back into the pasture. Because I got I to gotta see. I got to see how it is that you carry this. Got to see how it is that you carry this. Give me, give me a second Samuel seven eight. Just, just a quick scripture right here, because this is going to show that that in between time was actually a training ground. Now, therefore, thus says, uh, thus, thus shall you say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. That right there showing us that the sheepfold pasture time was what training ground examination I'm watching you I'm watching what you do with this anointing in this place to see if you can be trusted with being a ruler over Israel because if you cannot handle my spirit in that area you will not be able to handle my spirit as a ruler because what the sheep are going to do is highlight what's going on in you. <laughs> Man, put some pressure. So we'll put you out here with these sheep. Put you out here with these stubborn creatures. To see what it is that you got. And while I'm in that pasture time, I don't need to be despising that. While I'm in that, don't nobody know this seems so menial. This seems so less than. It is, is this getting me anywhere? Is this doing anything for me? In those moments, I got to lock in and say, whatever it is I'm doing, doing it in the name of the Lord, doing it to the glory of God. Why? Because I know he got me here and he watching. Because if you've heard something from God, Oh, rest assured, it's coming to pass. Rest assured, he's taking you somewhere. But the version of you now may not be fit for what it is that you're going. So I need pasture. I need meantime. 
so that that development can take place. So that that development can take place. David was anointed, goes right back to the sheep. Now, would have made sense. This would have made sense. Would have made sense, at least to me. Would have made sense to have that shepherding season. Has a shepherding season. He has that ceremony. He has a ceremony. And then go and then goes to the throne. This is why. Because God could have just let the the God could just let the shepherding season last as long as it needed to last. Let let it go ahead and take place. Have the ceremony. Go right to the throne. But he does this shepherding season, has a ceremony, go back. <laughs> go back to the pasture. So what you got within the oil, now I need to see if you can, if you can allow the oil to flow within you within this, within this shepherding time. Because if the oil can't flow here, it ain't going to flow there. If what you call yourself to have and what you call yourself to carry, if, if, you, if you can't make some kind of impact with what you got right now, and I got to have all this stuff added to me before I can be an asset? Do I really have what it is that I say that I have? So he said, David, I'm going to give it to you, but I need to see you working with the sheep. I need to see you writing those songs where ain't nobody singing them. I need to hear you singing from your heart and from a place of authenticity and worship from a place of authenticity. Ain't not one other person out here. tell y'all how this came alive in me I knew for a long time that I had been called to this I ran a little bit I ain't gonna lie you don't always look forward to this but something was alive within me I know y'all probably gonna laugh but I was outside at, at the house growing up one time and this heavy preach came on me I'm out on the sidewalk preaching. Now, thankfully, my, my mom's house is at the end of a cul-de-sac. So, like, you know, I ain't have a bunch of folk, you know, that could have saw me because I'm last house in the cul-de-sac. But I, this heavy preach comes on me, and I'm, I'm going like I'm talking to a thousand people, just going hard. And my dog starts howling. <laughs> <laughs> took it I took it as an amen like honestly I'm going at it my dog starts howling my dad comes outside on the front porch and sees me flowing I don't even know where it came from just flowing he watches me for a few minutes I'm going, I open my eyes, I see him looking at me, and I freeze. And he just kind of shakes his head, walks back in the house. But I knew in that moment that that was a, that was a pasture moment for me. Why? Because if I couldn't let God flow out of me with nobody looking, no microphone in my hand. Ain't nobody invited me to do nothing. But if I couldn't let it rock then, how could God trust me now? If 
But I couldn't let it flow to where my dog was like, that's good. I'm finna, I'm finna howl. I can't be I can't be trusted in these moments right now. And what I'm saying is with your gift, with where you are right now, in the meantime, what am I doing? Because in the meantime, I'm telling you, with the sheepfold place that you're in right now, it's development for where you're going. And you can't wait till you get there to start tightening up. It's too late. It's time for you to execute. You can't prepare for execution in the time where execution is needed. You can't prepare. Oh, let me try. You can't prepare for execution in the time that execution is needed. We got coaches in here. I've coached. I don't need my players trying to prepare when the when game time. It's game time. Now we need all the past three weeks of practice to come out and perform. You don't wait till this time. And it's the same thing with your gift. You don't wait till the opportunity come knocking and then try to get yourself together. You've been gifted and you got meantime right now. We need you to do something with it. Give me my last scripture. I'm done. I'm done. I hope this message feels like a coaching session to you. That's what it should. It, it, really, it really should. It really should. I love you enough to tell you the truth. I love you enough to believe in you and what God has put within you. If God gave it to you and he put you in the earth as an assignment on your life and you cannot go back to the grave taking that with you can't do that that's not an option Psalm 105 19 is one of my favorite verses we talked about it a lot but it fits God's promise to Joseph purged his character until it was time for his dreams to come true give me my next one till the time that his word came to pass his word now you see that little H that's not God's that's Joseph's. Meaning what? Joseph heard something. Joseph heard something pertaining to the gift, pertaining to what it was that he had been given. But until the time for that word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested Joseph. In the meantime of what he heard and where he was going, the word of the Lord came and did what? Put a test on him. To see if we can do some kind of development in this meantime. Yeah, you're gifted. Yes, you're called. Yes, I gave you something. I expect a full return on what it is that I put within you and what it is that I gave. Yes. However, as we are moving and maturing in each season and phase of our life, I need you handling this in the meantime. Very fitting for the upcoming generation, fitting for my generation, fitting for the generation ahead of me. Because all of us have things that have yet to manifest. And all of us have been given the same remedy. What am I doing with the meantime? 
until the time comes for that word to come to pass. Allowing those, allowing those testing moments that come from his word to produce something within me. Remaining faithful over a few things. Remaining humble. Utilizing and, and, and putting to the best use the spaces and opportunities and time that I've been given. Putting in the reps. Putting in the practice. Putting in the rehearsal. Putting in the doing it over and over and over and over again until I perfect myself in what it is that I've been gifted in. Writing the message over and over again. Exercising my ability to prophesy over and over again. These are things that can be exercised. Write the chapter over and over again. Cook that meal over and over again. Recite that speech over and over again. Wherever it is that you've been gifted, you've got something. You've got something. We've done our best to walk to walk through this sub-series of being gifted. I've got something. Because I'm here, I have something. Either I know or I am aware. I need the Spirit of God to highlight to me what it is. And as it is highlighted, then I'm able to progress and move in the direction of full manifestation. As I have received from God what I'm supposed to do with what it is that I've been given. You're gifted, fam. The kingdom needs it. Do not take it back to the grave with you. Come on, let's put our hands together. Celebrate the Lord for his word. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the meantime that you've given to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for walking us through and for coaching us as to how we can best utilize that meantime. In Jesus' name, lift your hands. Let me bless you. May the Lord bless you, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, establish you, give you peace. You are gifted. You are called. May he highlight all the more within you what it is that you've been gifted and called to do. May you move forward from this time and use the meantime you've been given in such a way that you become amazingly productive. And there's something magnanimous that is birthed out of your life and birthed out of your Lord's by what it is you have been called to do. The kingdom needs it to be released within the earth. God placed you here so that it would be released within the earth so that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. Be strengthened in the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, you are dismissed. Thank you so much for being with us. We will see you next week. God bless you.